Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by the founder and CEO of PH Creative, an employer branding agency that essentially helps some of the world's biggest companies define their reputation as employers and really get a strategy behind how they relate to the people that work on their teams. He's worked with incredible brands like Apple, American Airlines, Blizzard Entertainment, etc. And he's here today to break down how we can take control of our employer brand and really think through it in a more strategic way. So with that, very excited to be joined today by Brian Adams. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Marcel. Really appreciate being on today. I'm excited to talk to you. Likewise, this is uh, obviously a very hot topic right now with uh, a lot of changing uh, changing tides here in the employee employer market and this has been a topic of a lot of conversation in our industry as of late before we dive into all of that though i'd love to give you a chance to in your own words describe what you do and who you serve sure so um i've been running ph creative for around 18 years now we're a specialist employer brand agency uh, we're calibrated to work with global brands with complex talent audiences our mission is um to help organizations better articulate their employee experience so they can attract, engage, and retain more people that thrive within their specific culture. Uh, and our vision is everyone loves their job, which is why we want to work with um, the biggest employers to, to touch as many people's lives as possible. Because as we know, if, uh, if you love your job, um, then there's a good chance that you're happier in life in general. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what we set out for. And we call ourselves the defenders of happiness inside of PH. That's a little glimpse inside of our employer brand. Very cool. And, and such an interesting niche. Not many uh, companies I've come across specialize in this line of work. What got you into this space and why employer branding? Honestly, Marcel, it was less strategic and more, um, a little bit of luck really. But, uh, the honest answer is, you know, we're lucky now to be working with some of the biggest brands in the world. We're working with Nike and Ford and Apple and all, all sorts of brands. As a digital marketing agency, when we started out, marketing directors wouldn't answer the phone to us and we were a small agency working with small local organizations. When we started working with people in HR, um, we found a little point of difference that we'd struggled to find over many years um, in the general marketing space. And as we explored that more and more, we found that we had um, we could develop that point of difference into a philosophy that really resonated. We created results, we built reputation, and it kind of snowballed from from there, you know. But we went from having six million and one competitors um, in our local geographic area to probably twelve globally when we started um, in the employer brand space. And you know, timing is everything. We got in right at the start, and we've grown our reputation over the last ten years as the as the um, industry's grown as well and that is the magic of niching in to uh, a place where there's a real 
problem and I think a tide that, to your point, really rose over the last 10 years. Um, so the next question I want to ask, just to kind of set the frame for this conversation before we talk about how those tides have shifted recently, is what is employer branding? How would you define it for someone who's listening and maybe hasn't even really heard of this term before? Yeah, so essentially employer branding is the the strategy around defining your uh, employee experience and setting the expectations of what it's like to work and be part of your organization. And uh, what that does is it helps you um, cultivate a reputation as an employer. So uh, mm. it's split into three, three areas, reputation, set an expectation, and then managing the experience. It's the, they're the three layers of employer brand strategy. So uh, this is totally out of left field, but uh, recent Elon Musk email about everybody has come back to the office. Is that good or bad employer branding? My take is he's being clear, at least. So there's that. Uh, what's your take? Well, clear and simple. You know, there's a lot of value there. And I'm, a, I'm an Elon Musk fan. You know, I think what he's done is, is, is incredible. His Achilles heel, however, is his approach to um, leading people and articulating the employee experience and building a reputation that people want to be part of. And I actually think if there is a downfall of uh, Elon Musk, everything he touches seems to turn to gold. But if there is a, a, a chink in the armor or a weakness, I think it is the employer brand. And at the end of the day, there's some very, very, very smart people, recession or not, have options. And there's a lot of organizations that uh, are very keen to hire that talent. So. Um, I think it's a very risky strategy and he may live to regret those words. Hmm. It's interesting. I heard uh, somebody recently uh, show a graph that showed the, the pace of change in technology and like, you know, as it relates to the business landscape and how exponential that is and made it, I think, a very compelling point to where very soon the competitive advantage for most businesses will be their ability to adapt. And I think we saw that in COVID. Some businesses had their best years ever. Some businesses completely shuttered and went bankrupt and others just kind of held on for dear life and hope they had enough cash in the bank to weather the storm. But the ones that were able to, within a week or two, adapt their business model, their people were um, organized in such a way that they could be flexible. Um, they won, they won big. And so I think there is a compelling case there for trying to um, approach the mechanics of employment such that there's more flexibility and I think that it will serve companies in a large way when this kind of stuff happens. Like us, for example, we've been remote since day one. I woke up, the pandemic happened, absolutely nothing changed about our day-to-day -day execution. It was just fine. We were just kind of like, it felt like I was watching it on TV, but I wasn't living it. It was really a, an interesting experience. I digress. Yes, I want to talk a little bit about some of the specific mm -hmm. symptoms, Brian, that some of our listeners might be experiencing that would indicate to them that they need to be listening closely to this conversation and perhaps paying a little bit more attention to how they're thinking about their employer brand. So what's interesting right now is um, a pandemic or no pandemic, the great resignation or not, you, you touched on something really interesting there that most organizations are going through a period of transition and change. They're digitizing, they're transforming over to a much more tech forward um, environment, which is 
which is making for a really interesting place in the marketplace. And it's creating demand far beyond, I think, that we, we can actually comprehend, um, which tells me that, you know, there's going to be a lot of demand and the, specifically in certain sectors like tech, that demand is only going to get um, harder to meet. Uh, so the need to the need to articulate the employee experience with absolute clarity uh, has never been more important. But actually, it's more than that. We need to be able to, I mean, it's not good enough to be a great company. You have to be great at articulating why you are a great company. What we're finding with, with our approach to employer brand is we need to lean in to answer the fundamental question that people want answered as a candidate and need to be reminded of as an employee. Do I have what it takes to thrive at that organization? And once I understand what that sacrifice, commitment, harsh reality, adversity looks like, is it worth it? You know, and, you know, candidates are researching six to eight hours before um, deciding whether to apply for a role. Mm. They really care about this stuff. And the biggest downfall for most organizations is they talk about the sunny side of the truth, you know, the rainbows and unicorns aspect of why it's fantastic to work at your organization. But what we neglect to lean into is, all right, like, what's it really like? You know, what do I need to know when things are going to be tough? I'm going to be stretched. Like, how do we deal with stress? And, um, you know, what sort of resilience and character and capability does it really take to find purpose, impact and belonging in your organization? If you haven't got those answers to that question, um, you may find that you're part of somebody's due diligence, but you're just not relevant to them because they don't believe in what they're reading and they skip over and find another organization that has better articulated the employee experience such that they lean in. You know, and that's that's the biggest challenge, you know, and it's a, a huge opportunity in this marketplace. You know, we've seen uh, David uh, defeat Goliath many times based on the uh, compelling proposition and being smart about how you market that proposition. I think that well. that's a really, really important point. And I've seen it happen lots. I have a friend who's struggling with this. Um, they have had an incredible amount of growth in their company the last year or so. They're now you know, at this scale where they've got a C-suite and they've had a ton of turnover this year. And I think a big part of that reason is because the, um, the HR team has been tasked with selling jobs like they're given a timeline and hey you need to fill these roles and so they've become salespeople and i think it has really obfuscated the reality of mm -hmm. what it's like to work at this company and it's not a good or a bad thing it's there's just a reality of the type of culture that they have and there are certain kinds of people who love working there and do really well and there are a lot that feel like they got fooled and they come in and they hang on for six months and then they just churn out and it's been a really expensive and cumbersome problem that i think to your point could have been solved had there been more intentionality created to really being transparent and i agree that it creates trust Right? When you can be candid about, here's what we're really good at, here's some areas of the business that are not that mature or not that organized or are just not that taken care of or that we just don't have answers for, and that's why we want to hire you so that you can help with this stuff. I think there's a lot of trust that gets created by just being an open book about the reality of what's going on at the business. Um, I really like that. So what are some other things that employers yep. might be feeling that tells them, hey, I've got to, I've got to double down here and pay, pay a little bit more attention to my employer brand? So, I mean, you know, you touched on a couple there, you know, if, if people are starting to, if people leave uh, within the first hundred days, mm. that's a huge red flag. You know, expectations are not being set. 
if people are um, have been there for a while and they leave, then that tells you that something culturally is changing, um, something's diluted, or you know you're not um, meeting expectations, and and something needs to be done there. If you're trying to add something new or go enter into a different market, the chances are that you're going to need to talk to new talent in a different way and um, adjust how relevant you are to that market. Um, you know, so being strategic about the reputation that you're cultivating um, in the marketplace and not just trying to say that you're the best or the most attractive, justifying it why and, you know, linking it to the vision and the mission and the, the values and um you know, making sure all of that aligns and correlates is, 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 is super important. But if you're hiring for critical roles and it's taking twice as long as it used to, or it's costing three times as more as it used to, then that's a flack because with the right compelling story, um, it doesn't have to take that long. It doesn't have to cost that much, you know, so there's a lot of transactional tactical benefits to it as well but of course the macro is you know a culture that you can sustainably build on top of you can predictably um, rely on the productivity and the efficiency of your organization you know and if you want to scale uh, you need that solid foundation in, in this environment for sure do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability if you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Well, I'm excited to dig into what some of the key elements of that strategy are, because, you know, I think the tendency for this conversation is for people to gravitate towards tactics, right? It's like, you know, focusing on the wrong things. Uh, how do I write the job description? What platforms do I use to get the best candidates? What's the best, um, you know, hiring management system, Glassdoor, you know, pay scale, like how do we, how do we optimize those channels? But it sounds like what you're saying, and, and this is true about most things is without the right strategy behind that, those tactics are likely not going to get the desired outcome, but with the right strategy and the right story behind it, all that stuff probably becomes a lot easier to figure out. So that leads us to the give and get framework. This is the, the core thesis behind a lot of what you're doing at PH Creative. What is it and what are the key components of it? So conventional employer branding is essentially about putting your best foot forward and talking about the strengths, the benefits and the opportunities of, of your organization. And it makes a lot of sense. It's been lifted and shifted from marketing, you know, and, um, and, it, and, it, and it works to a degree. The difficulty with that is um, the more attractive you are uh, from a, an external perspective, the more applicants you get and they're not all qualified, um, you know, and they're not all relevant and you can't hire them all. So straight away, your candidate experience is put at risk. Your recruitment team or your one HR person who's drowning under all those applications doesn't know where to start, um, you know, and, and it, it can be a challenge. We believe that uh, employer branding is more of uh, less of a, a magnet to attract and more of a smart filter. Mm. And if you get this right, more people should be repelled from your organization than compelled towards you. 
Um, and essentially, the give and get is exactly what it sounds like. You know, and it's like, look, if you're willing to give the organization these things, you know, and that might be, um, like we work with Apple and I'll give you an example. Um, there isn't there isn't a great work-life balance at Apple. You basically have to leave your soul at the door and, you know, you need to commit your life to Apple and, and, um, and, and that's the end of it really, you know. But not a lot of people are willing to do that. And that's okay. And they should be upfront about that. And in fact, they are. But some people that thrive at Apple, they'll code for 14 hours a day. They'll go home and they'll carry on coding because they love it and they're obsessed. Um, you're surrounded by the smartest people you'll ever met. And in six to nine months, you'll find out just how capable you are. You'll, you'll reach your potential faster than you ever thought possible. Um, and the icing on the cake there is there's a good chance you'll see your own work in the hands of millions of people every day. Now, that's a compelling argument to the right person. Most people run for the hills. Like I'm not working 18 hours days, and you know I'm, I'm not I'm not going to give up my weekends and um, sweat blood and tears. But some people thrive in that environment. At Apple, one of the biggest companies in the world, they're also one of the most unstructured organizations that's built on relationships. So if you need structure and you need hierarchy, um, and you're not comfortable working in the gray, then Apple's not for you. So Apple's very clear on why you shouldn't join Apple as much as they are clear on why you should. Um, but it's not designed to be um, an advert to attract as many people as possible. It's honed, it's clear, and it's specific enough to design, um, to, to attract the people that are going to thrive. And essentially that is the give and get philosophy. Um, you know, it's a two-way value exchange. And of course, Every employment contract is a two-way value exchange. So that makes perfect sense to me. And I love that framework of if you're willing to give this and you're willing to get this. And funny story, I actually used to work for Apple myself. Um, I was a little bit insulated because I was in like a channel sales team. But we would go to headquarters a couple times a year for meetings. And I remember noticing one day, every day that I would go into the office, there was a Fisker car parked in a space. And it did not move for three days. And so only one thing could be true there. Like the person who owned that vehicle had been at the office for three straight days. And I think what you're saying is absolutely true. It, you got to pour your soul into it, but um, the impact that you can have is, is astronomical. And I, I think there is a lot of legitimacy, just like with Elon being clear about these are the requirements, but this is the impact that you might be able to have. You might be able to you know, colonate Mars and um, actually give the human race a chance to survive after we destroy this planet that we've been living on for the last few hundred years um, in, in such a way that is unsustainable. Um, uh, that, that's really fascinating. So when it comes to crafting that narrative, what are some of the mistakes that you see people make that we should be trying to avoid or some of the key tenants to getting it right? So one big thing, which is super fascinating to me is um, a lot of the time, an employer brand, it's thought in order to be authentic, it needs to be a very true representation of the snapshot of today in the organization. Yeah. And the failure is to, to neglect, there's three views when you're researching an employer brand. There is the employee view, and that's the warts and all snapshot of the reality of today. And that's really important for an authentic employer brand. But then there's two others. And the leadership view, um, that will tell you the aspirational version of the truth. 
uh, a glimpse of what the organization should look like tomorrow because you know typically the leaders are forward facing and they spend their time thinking about the future um and the third one is the market view what do you need to calibrate against and what do you need to differentiate from um and how are you going to craft something to make you more relevant to the talent audience than your competitors now the mix of those three things is where the insights and the the, the magic lies and it's a complete myth that you can't be both authentic and aspirational at the same time now a good employer brand should be a sharp tool to drive the organization forward and it's okay to set expectation of how the organization is going to change and what those demands and expectations are going forward and it's also an opportunity to leave some of that culture and some of those behaviors behind um, because you know what got you here won't get you there and in an organize in a world where organizations are transforming um, and transitioning at such a rate that agility within that framework is is really important so the biggest thing there is balancing the reality of today with the aspiration of tomorrow in an authentic way and so it sounds like there's probably some kind of a process which i would imagine you teach in um, both in the engagements of you with clients but as well in some of these employee brand strategy sprints which our audience should know about. These are things that you're running every couple of months where in two weeks um, for a few hundred dollars, people can consume all the best practice around actually getting through this exercise of creating a, uh, an employer brand uh, using these frameworks and these structures. And it sounds like the lesson here is this is a process, not an event. This is something that needs to be living and collecting information from different stakeholders in the organization so that it remains authentic and true as opposed to being treated like something that we can create and then essentially um, let uh, drive the business for several years at a time without going back to revisit it. Am I wrong about that? No, you, you, you probably articulated better than, better than I could have done, but um, you know, a big, a big part of being strategic and using these models that we've honed over uh, the last 10 years is 99% of employer brand, of good employer brand, is alignment with the business. It needs to be aligned with the priorities of the business strategy. It needs to be aligned with the vision, the mission, the purpose, the values, you know, and it needs to um, harness the, the magic that people find with the existing employee experience and the aspiration of where people are trying to get to. Um, so the models we put in the sprint are designed to help you think differently and shortcut to the, to the value that you've got to get to uh, in order to make sure your employer brand is, is effective and, and useful to the business. And for the same reasons we wrote the book and gave, gave away our blueprint to the, to the agency philosophy, we're doing this sprint to you know better serve organizations that perhaps can't afford the the uh, corporate fees of going through a big process with a big agency like us yeah amazing so with that said um you mentioned the book the sprints um we're gonna have links to those in the show notes anything else that um listeners who want to go deeper on this subject matter should know about uh in terms of resources or places where you're publishing content so um We've just started a brand new newsletter on our website called The Digital Hug. Um, and I'd recommend signing up for that because we really do pour a lot of thought leadership into that. We curate the marketplace and highlight events and news and all of that kind of stuff. But really, that's the sort of first step into the community that we're building to share best practice and 
spread the philosophies and tools and tips that work. Awesome. So for those of you listening, scroll down in the show notes, we'll have links to uh, all of those resources, the newsletter, the uh, information on the brand strategy, employer brand strategy sprint, sorry, and the book as well. Um, and with that, any final words of advice, Brian, for our listeners um, as they start thinking more deeply about their employer brand? Yeah, so regardless of the size of your organization, you have an employer brand. It's kind of like like thinking you can choose to be on social media or not. You know, if other people are talking about you, you're on social media. Employer brand and organizations are the same. You're never too small and it's never too early to think about the employee experience and the culture that you want to create in order to drive the organization forward. It doesn't have to cost a lot, but it really does need to be intentional. So um, my recommendation to any business leaders is to give that some thought and at least start the basics of better articulating the employee experience and why you're different from competitors. I think that's a great insight. And I think my takeaway from listening to this is when that story is clear about what you expect people to give you and what you hope to give them in return, all these other questions that I think we over index on the benefits packages and the, you know, the, the salaries and the work from home versus in the office versus this, that, the other thing, like all of these more tactical questions now have a filter that they can pass through that I think really will lead to better outcomes. And so you've got my uh, wheel spinning and uh, lots of things for me to go back and chew on and think about and uh, really appreciate you coming on and sharing this wisdom with our audience. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's been an absolute uh, delight talking to you and uh, I hope your audience has got some value from it. Thanks a lot for having me on. I'm sure they did. And so for those of you that are listening, leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this. Let us know what you learned, what questions you have. We always love hearing from you. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.